In this episode, recorded during the fourth gathering of Parlamerica's Open Parliament Network, Beyond the Walls of Parliament, Strengthening Parliamentary Oversight, Mr. Jaime Guerrero, partner at Foley and Lardner LLP, presents important considerations of anti-corruption compliance regimes, as well as opportunities for parliamentary collaboration with the private sector to support the effective implementation of such regulations. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you to Parle Americas for inviting me. Um, my role here is different from most people. I'm a lawyer working for a private law firm, and what I do is I help companies who are dealing with corruption issues around the world, and primarily Latin America. So I spend a lot of time in most of the countries in Latin America dealing with compliance issues. How to avoid getting caught in an anti-corruption case in the United States. So what we want to talk about a little bit today is compliance regimes. What is it that our clients are dealing with day to day? On an important note, understand that when I'm speaking about compliance, I'm not speaking about just U.S. laws. Most of the companies we represent are not just U.S.-based companies. They're Japanese-based, they're Latin American-based, and they're dealing with not just U.S. laws now, but laws in Brazil, uh, Peru, Mexico dealing with anti-corruption. What we're seeing is these companies having a deal and putting in compliance programs that effectively can control the risks for corruption. And essentially what that means is they're putting in compliance programs to prevent a corrupt employee from doing something illegal to get them in trouble in the United, in the United States. As other people have mentioned earlier, the fines in the United States and other countries for violating these laws are significant. I won't put, go through all the examples here. They're on the PowerPoint slide you could see afterwards. But some of the things that our clients are doing is they're not just putting in compliance programs or just internal control policies. They're now testing them to make sure that the controls actually work. In the past, what our clients would say is we rely on good people. We train them. We have good internal controls. That's enough. We've done our job. Under the U.S. authorities and the Brazilian and Peruvian and Mexican authorities, that's no longer enough. Now what the governments are expecting of our clients and what we expect to see in the laws is that the employees are not just being trained, but the companies are testing those compliance programs. So, for example, if there's a program that prevents money to go, going out to a foreign official using a third party, the company will actually have a program to prevent that, and they'll go back and test that to make sure that payments are actually following the procedures in the compliance programs to explain this if they ever get audited or, or dealt with by uh, uh, federal authorities. They've asked me to talk about other provisions that we see the important ones for anti-corruption legislation. So I think most of you know what the laws are in the various countries. You understand what the, the various regional entities are doing regarding anti-corruption. There's a few provisions, however, that are key for companies and for legislatures when you're implementing or considering expanding your anti-corruption laws. One, you have to have an anti-bribery provision that not only prevents direct bribery, but indirect bribery. And what that means is you can't just have a, a law that prevents somebody from paying in a foreign official. Because the reality is that doesn't happen anymore. It's very rare for a foreign official to receive money directly from a company or an individual who's trying to bribe them to get a benefit of some kind. Instead, what we're seeing, and the majority of the cases that are being brought by federal authorities in the United States and, and Brazilian authorities, Peruvian authorities, Mexican authorities, what we're seeing is the use of third parties, 
consultants, agents, contractors. In the past, and there's an example out of Africa, somebody would just drive a car, give the car to the foreign official, in the trunk would be millions of dollars. That doesn't happen anymore. What happens now is a company gets a third-party consultant, an invoice comes in, that invoice will be, it says it's a company name, you don't know who the, 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 the shareholders are, and it's for a percentage of whatever the government contract is. And that percentage goes right back to whoever the foreign official is that gave the contract. So the anti-bribe provision is one of the most important, and having the, the key aspect of making sure that it's both direct and indirect prohibition of bribery is important. Additionally, what we, what we tell our clients and, we, and we're saying for the legislature when you're considering imp implementing laws is you have to have strong internal controls. Comp you have to make sure that the companies that you're legislating and you're overseeing in terms of in the private sector keep accurate books and records, meaning that if there's a dinner with a foreign official, that's recorded. It's in the company's books and records. If it's not, they are violating the law. They can't just say they're going to dinner and put an amount. They have to put it in there. And as part of the legislature, as part of the law that you implement, you have to make sure that that is dealt with. Next is the extraterritorial reach, important aspect of the law. You have to be able to get conduct that's outside of your jurisdiction. So the laws that you're implementing and you're considering implementing, it's important to remember that all the actions that occur don't always occur in your native land or in your, na in your nations. So in many examples, and like I said, I have clients that are in Mexico and Japan and Latin Argentina and Brazil. Their concern isn't just what happens in their own countries, but what are their subsidiaries and what are their affiliates doing in other countries? So for example, in Odebrecht, it wasn't just what was happening in Brazil. It was what was happening in Peru, in Colombia, in Mexico, and you have to have controls to go after those acts when they're happening outside the country. So that's another key aspect of the anti-corruption legislation to consider. One thing I didn't put in here because it's not generally part of most legislation, but we recommend, and we talked, somebody spoke about it earlier today, is you have to have a whistleblower policy. You have to have something that protects the whistleblowers, makes it anonymous, makes it so they have no risk to themselves if they come forward and, and raise acts of corruption. I won't go over all the different considerations when considering to implement anti-corruption legislation. Some of this has been covered this morning and this afternoon, building support through grassroots organizations, um, support from private citizens is necessary. It's very important that when you pass this legislation, it's not just coming from the top. It has to be something that the people, the companies are in support of as well to help protect the, company, the government or the country. Importantly for legislation, you have to have specialized resources or focused resources for specialized prosecution and investigation uh, authorities. So one key aspect is they have to be independent. They have to be able to do investigations of individuals and people in the country and outside the country. Imp one thing that we see in a lot of the laws is they have laws that talk about anti-corruption in various countries, but they have no teeth. So again, legislation has to have teeth meaning you've got to be able to put criminal penalties. Putting people in jail is the surest way of getting people's attention. Finding companies a significant portion of their assets for a, for a sale is important. So as the previous panelist was saying, Mr. Ortega was saying, you can't have a penalty that's 10% of the overall bribe that was committed. It has to be significant so that if you pay a $10 million bribe, you're paying $50 million in penalties. That's the only way that you're going to protect or prevent companies from doing that. 
And finally, you want to also have a method for reducing those fines. So in many countries, there's anti-monopoly laws, and in most of those countries, there's ways of reducing penalties by being one of the first to self-report. In the US and other countries, there's also a method for doing so as well. You want to be able to have the chance to go in and be the first one to come in and say, we did something wrong. My company bribed a foreign official in this other country, or my own country, in this own country. Um, we don't want to have to pay the full penalty. Give us a reduction in penalties. Don't put our employees in jail because we're coming to you to tell you what we did wrong. Real briefly, I think um, you'll hopefully be getting this PowerPoint presentation. One of the important aspects of, of the anti-corruption legislation that's being implemented that you must consider, you have to have collaboration. You have to have a way to collaborate with other countries that are being investigated as well, where the actions are happening. So what we see, and I represent a number of companies in front of the Department of Justice and the SEC in the United States, what we're seeing now is a lot more countries' willing willingness to informally cooperate with the U.S. authorities, with other authorities around the world. And so it's very important when you're actually dealing with this, you're dealing with this legislation, both on an informal and on a formal side, make it easier to have collaboration among countries. I think everything else I would say, uh, one important aspect when you're considering implementing finally the, the, this legislation for, you know, or expanding your current legislation, it's a good idea to deal with the public sector directly or the companies directly. Um, they are going to be the ones implementing compliance programs to deal with whatever legislation you're putting in place. So you want to make sure that those, as part of your stakeholders, are understanding what you're doing and can give you actual feedback as if whether or not your law that you want to implement is actually something they could actually deal with. They have to be able to control, um, respond to and have um, compliance programs that deal with the law that you're implementing. And lastly, and this will be very quickly, just some of the innovative things that we're seeing on our client sides, like the, what we're doing for compliance, they're now using data, harnessing data, using information technology to weed out corruption internally. Things like actually harvesting social media accounts, harvesting people's bank records or their you know, financial records to figure out whether some of their employees are earning too much or have more than what they should be making. Um, there are a number of forensic tools as well that help companies and you know, the governments figure out whether there's corruption, uh, but these are all areas of, of focus as well. Thank you very much. <laughs>